we're friends and I want to see you successful. So I empathize with you as a business and owner. And our struggles. And, and your struggles. And, and I even have relationships with you know people that maybe are part of the ownership. And I also empathize with them and the positions that they're in and what they're up against. Once again, this goes back to elevating your community. Mm-hmm. So you want to elevate those people and you want them to do better. Yeah. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Metalworking Nation, how you doing today? It's Jim here for Making Chips. I'm thrilled to be in our downtown Chicago studio with my good friend and co-host and vendor, Jason Zenger. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm well, thanks. I always feel like you're yelling at me when, when you introduce the oh, show. Oh, should I say it again? No, you're fine. I, I just, you know, I, I you get a little get so over, excited. I do. I get, I get, you know, I feel the passion in, in the podcast. I get, but, I get um, passionate, too. I just, you know, display it in different ways. Yes, yes, So what yes. are we doing here, Jim? Well, first of all, did you know that this he, is... He cuts me off a lot, too, in case, in case you guys haven't noticed that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> no, I do. But we're having fun. Here we but are. Jason, did you know that this is the podcast, the premier podcast to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders? Yes. Yes. I did. I hope we're doing it for you, and thank you all for tuning in and uh, firing up your devices today and listening to us. It's always a thrill to be putting out good information for the metal chip, metal working community. And uh, again, Jason and I are really sincerely grateful that uh, you support us and continue to tune in week after week. Uh, Jason, we have some manufacturing news today that's kind of relevant to what we talked about a few weeks ago. Remember what that was when Ryan... Uh, gave us the information about the vinyl industry and oh, how yeah, yeah, vinyl is yep. back mm-hmm. and they're producing these vinyl records on antiquated machinery and uh, maybe somebody that's out there in the domestic United States or even in the world uh, could have an idea to rebrand or redo these machines to make them faster. Yeah, somebody should start like a uh, Kickstarter campaign or something like that. Good to, idea. You know, manufacture the next generation of vinyl manufacturing machines. Yeah. Well, what Ryan actually sent me another news article related to the same thing that cassette tapes, remember those? Don't tell me you don't remember those. I do remember those, okay, but good. I just don't believe you that those, that cassette tapes are coming back. I don't see any reason yeah, for it. Yeah, absolutely. I've got an article from Bloomberg that I just... Uh, downloaded and looked at it says the audio cassette tape is not dead in fact one springfield missouri cassette maker says it has had its best year since it opened in 1969 a cassette maker there's actually still cassette a makers. cassette maker a cassette maker um that just blows my mind it says um Probably the thing that has really enlarged our business at a faster pace than anything is the retro movement there's the nostalgia of holding the audio cassette in your hand. 
Yeah, I mean, Ryan did mention that it is like kind of this retro thing where, you know, his generation really likes to have that like old school, like recording device, tube TVs, if you can right. believe this, even worse than a cassette tape. And, yeah, and that's, cassette that's, tapes, a, that's of course. heavy. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember using cassette tapes. I mean, I used to have a thing where you record from one to another and used to, you know, used to make like mixtapes for a girl or something, you know, oh. <laughs> <Just> show how <laughs> much you cared about her. And so you had oh, a little put all like the, player. Put all those yeah. love songs yeah, exactly, on there. Exactly. You put yeah. all your favorite love songs on it. Exactly. Make, so. her, make it all mushy. Right. And make exactly. Her cry a little bit. Exactly. I think yeah. that there was like a Friends episode or something where there was like a cassette when tape. When Joey made tape. a cassette no, tape. No, it wasn't Joey. It was oh. Chandler. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, he, it was yeah, kind of a course, disaster with the, it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But anyway, I know I was talking to Ryan and just before he went uh, on it on live and started recording that he was saying that 10 years ago, they were saying, oh, this is just a bubble. This is just a bubble. And year after year, it continues to grow. So I really think it's interesting because I'm from that era of vinyl from cassette tapes. I thought you were from the 8-track era. Well, that too. Okay. Um, dude, I had one in my car. I used to... I mean, I I went through like three Saturday Night Fever eight tracks. I I used them so much. Remember that? That was 1978. <laughs> With so, the bell bottoms on. <laughs> yeah. Then next week we're going to be talking about eight tracks. That's going to make it come back. But anyway, it says what's relevant about this in a manufacturing perspective. It says the company still uses machines. Get this, built in the 1970s in its production lines. So here we have another thing that's coming back. It's not going away. It's increasing output, and they're making this product on antiquated equipment that could probably be significantly improved and made better for the future. So anybody out there that has any knowledge about that, here you go. Here's your idea. That's crazy. I actually have um, I have my own manufacturing news. Only uh, one per episode, Jason. Oh, no, no. We're doing two this time. Okay. We actually, you know, one of the things that we'd love to know is, is whether... Um, whether this is you know beneficial because we're actually thinking about maybe having like a, a separate um, a separate channel I guess you would say for specifically for manufacturing news man you um, because everybody you know not everybody wants to go online some people want to listen to it so anyway um, so there was a, a manufacturing news article that came out about Tesla and I know you mentioned um, just earlier that um, what did you say that Tesla, there's some of their top the, executives just left. like two of their top execs are leaving. Okay. So they're not happy with the way things are going. Okay. So they're not happy. And that kind of goes into this article where Elon Musk, who's, you know, the CEO founder of Tesla is, I mean, he is committed to being a world-class U.S. manufacturer, and he takes the manufacturing process very seriously, such that he wants these cars to be manufactured flawlessly. And that goes from, you know, not only their manufacturing process to, um, but to their subcontractors who, in a lot of cases, could be a lot of the people that are listening to making chips because there's a lot of parts like that that would go into, you know, these Tesla vehicles. So, sure. Anyway, so the statement that he made, and I'm going I'm to quote him here, um, is that the employees of his suppliers need to, and I quote here, work harder than they ever have. And if they're not willing to do that, then Tesla won't work with that team. So it was kind of like an interesting um, um, a, quote. Uh, actually, the, the quote ended at work harder than they ever have. But um, w the, the reason that it makes that it makes me think about, um, you know, our community, the metalworking nation is because he's right. I mean, it's kind of a um, it's kind of a bold statement, but well, we I all just need to step you for a minute? it up. Sure. 
you always do. So I think that really kind of taints your culture when you make a statement like that. Well, he's he's saying this to his supplier base. Oh, to his supplier base. So he okay. would, So let's say you were a supplier to um, Tesla, or you know what you you wouldn't necessarily be supplying. Well, maybe you would, but um, let's say you're a supplier. Them, he would be saying that to them that you need to work, Jim Carr. You need to work harder than you ever have if you're going to remain a supplier to Tesla. Okay. And, you know, he's right to a certain extent. I mean, maybe the way he says it might might rub people the wrong way. But, I mean, as a manufacturing community, we all need to step it up. I right. mean, that's the reason that, you know, making chips exists is that we want to see the manufacturing leaders out there elevate themselves. And, you know, he's right. We well need said. to step it up. Yeah. And um, I just thought it was an interesting statement. It was very bold. It's not necessarily the way that um, the way that I lead, but you know he's a, he's a different guy, and you don't become a company like Tesla without being bold like he is. Yep. He's definitely not a milk toast. So I'm not milk toast either. No, I don't not. even know what that means. You don't know what that means? No, that's a really old school. Yeah, way. Ryan doesn't know. Either. Ryan's shaking his head. What the yeah. heck is he saying? He knows saying? what cassette tapes are. Okay, but he doesn't so know what milk toast think is. this: think a bowl of milk. Okay. Oh, it falls apart. Think a fresh piece of toast. It falls apart, right? Put that fresh piece of toast in the milk. You're what happens? It, it falls apart. Right. Yeah. I nailed so, it right away. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. It's an it's an I old don't know who puts thing. toast in milk. No. Apparently Jim's generation. No, that was before mine, actually. My dad my dad used to say that. <laughs> don't be a milk toast. So we're going back. We we were at cassettes and A tracks and now we're going back to the fifties with milk toast. Yeah. Anyway, we talk um, about the future with electric cars. I, you know, let's talk about this exciting news uh, that Making Ships is going to have this mastermind series at IMTS. Yeah, so we're doing two things. We're doing one day a mastermind, what and then another uh, day is going to be a workshop. Um, so the mastermind is going to be on September 13th. Correct. That's a and Tuesday. And the workshop is going to be on September 14th. Yeah, the next day. The Wednesday. Yeah. And there's going to be some fun events um, around it, too. So um, we're going to have... You know, associated with the mastermind, a very nice dinner, and then associated with the um, the night of the workshop, we're going to have a big party. So right, it's, it's going to be, be fun a, time. A, a really highly networked manufacturing executing leaders there. So um, yes, uh, Ryan and uh, we have someone else that's working on this too. And, and he's top secret right he now. He is top secret right now. But we've got two of our best leaders uh, for making chips working on it, and they're going to bring it to fruition hopefully very soon. And it's going to be two days of just growing, just getting down and to business, and, and elevating yourself. Yeah, exactly. So make sure when See, you I come can to interrupt you sometimes too, Jim. Right, yeah, you can. <laughs> I, I I don't mind it. So when you come to IMTS, schedule it for a couple extra days. With that said, uh, please, if you have not registered for IMTS yet, please, please, please go online and, and register, register and get your hotel room. It's imts.com. From there, there's links to go on to all the hotel collaboratives that are reducing their rates and opening it up. I would highly recommend getting a room right now because uh, when September comes, there's not going to be anything left and the prices are going to be you know, astronomical. Yeah, so there, I mean, there's a couple things that you can do. Go to the IMTS website, register. Also, go, go to the IMTS website and check out the hotels and the restaurants that IMTS has partnered with. Yeah. Um, and then also... I, if, if I do you, have one more thing, too. Yeah, go ahead. Do, do you know that there's group discounts and students can register for IMTS for free? Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. And also, there's um, 
an emerging technology center and an additive pavilion. So, you know, with all the... Yeah, those are all new. With all the new sexiness and additive and uh, that emerging technology out there, I think it's great that IMTS is going to have a separate pavilion for additive uh, so people can kind of immerse themselves in that new technology. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. So we'll be there all week. Please look look for us. Uh, we'll be broadcasting two days live from the uh, McCormick Place floor. Hope to meet a lot of you out there. It should be an exciting week. Yeah, and also if you go to makingchips.com slash R-E-S-T, which is, I guess, an abbreviation of restaurant, you, made um, that one you could check out Jim and I's favorite restaurants. Yeah, you have 10, I have 5. I know. I didn't know I was supposed to do 10. Well, we didn't say anything, and so I just did 10 and you did 5. Okay. You, I, you can add 5 if you feel I, like you know you I easily could add 5, but I thought I was being held back. <laughs> no, you're not. So. <laughs> I would never hold you back. Okay. <laughs> so, Jim, I was actually logging into LinkedIn this morning, and I noticed that you just posted a picture of your new machine. I did, as a matter of fact. Just that it was still on the truck. It was still on the truck, ready to unpack it and yeah, put it, it on the shop Yeah, it had a bow on it and everything. <laughs> I don't know if it had a bow. But oh, it didn't have a bow. No, it didn't okay. have a bow. But yeah, it's really exciting. I can't. I can't wait to talk about it more as we move forward. Um, you start actually cutting some chips. Yeah, I, I, I got a lot of good feedback. So good. Well, um, you know, I I actually saw something just recently. I was kind of going through the Sandvik Coromont apps, and they actually have. This is kind of interesting. They have an app that. It's, it's a calculator. It's part of their, um, their milling app, and it allows you to actually make a calculation of cost per component. And really? I, thought, I just cost, thought that was... Cost yeah. per component. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So what you do is you put in your machine cost per hour. Okay. Um, you put in the number of parts. Okay. You put in a cycle time. And you put in a um, an insert cost and an insert tool life, and you put in like you know edges and stuff like that, and it it'll actually allow you to make a comparison of the cost per component using different tools. And so I thought that was that kind of is interesting. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. And you know, for a small manufacturing company machine shop like mine, that is invaluable data that we could use to push our business forward absolutely yeah to, I mean, it's all about you know doing everything at a lower cost or more parts per hour or whatever else that you need to do and this is just i mean it's just is that, a quick, that's a free it saves app you time, too, right? it's a free app yeah it just saves you time you know instead of you going into excel or getting out of probably in your case a pen Don't and say paper it. i thought you, you know, i thought you were gonna or, say get out your calculator well, your adding yeah, machine yeah you get out your adding machine yeah jim will get out his abacus and <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's no, cool. What is what yeah. is the name of that app, Jason? I'm going to um, look it up well, right it's, now. It's just in general. It's the uh, it's the Sandvik Coromat milling calculator. Oh, it's the milling calculator. Yeah, I mean they've got like 20 apps or something like that, but specifically it's the milling calculator. Cool. I'll have to download. Check that it out. One. Yeah, that way when you're you know comparing tools, you can use that as a um, as a as a starting point. Fabulous. Sounds great. So, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, we thought we'd do a light one today, but I think it's kind of relevant to what we go through in our day-to-day businesses, and that is doing business with friends. Now, that could mean a lot to different people, but first and foremost, Jason, what does doing business with friends mean to you? Well, I think in general, I mean, business is especially in like the B2B side of business, maybe not in, you know, the consumer business. It's very much a relationship business. I agree. And 
I personally want to, you know, intimately know the the people that I'm doing business with. I want to know my teammates. I want to, you know, I just want to know those people and I want to know what gets them fired up, what um, keeps them awake at nighttime. And ultimately, as you as you start having those conversations, to me at least, I mean, you start becoming friends. So I think it always comes back to friendship. You know, you're not going to have the same level of friendship, you know, with everybody, but um, I think the relationship is always going to be there in our line of business. And, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're going to have to have that friendship to a certain degree. Okay. So how would you share or how would you go out to the metalworking nation or the making ships community and say, here are the things that I've implemented that I've practiced over the years that have been successful for me and Zanger's Industrial. Well, it's it's got to be more than just Zanger's Industrial. It's got to be on a personal level as well, right? Because we're talking friends. Friends is a personal thing. Sure. Then we're talking business, so we're talking Zanger's Industrial. What things that did you do that made you realize that that's an impactful part of doing business? Just being friends with those people? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel that, you know, as... Any circumstances, anything that's happened? I don't think any circumstances, but I just think that, you know, I can um, serve people more effectively if I, like I said, I if I understand what makes them tick, if mm-hmm. I know what keeps them up at night and um, know what um, drives them and know what they're passionate about. And ultimately, in having those conversations, I become friends with those people. That's the rosy part of it. But what about right. if you you have a friend? Let's let's say me. Let's well, let's, let's yeah, say let's the talk mean about you gym. and I. Let's just say since, the mean gym. D- and yeah, I'm not. Boot. I'm I'm a really affable guy to know and right. get along with. And yeah. I, um, there I am p- patting myself. In we the actually back have again. a name for him, don't we? We can't Who, say it affable on the show. Gym? No, 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 mean gym. Oh, we actually have a name. Oh no, for we him. don't want to go. We there. can't say it on the show. Though. No, we don't want to go there. <laughs> um, but anyway, so let's take let's take our relationship. Yeah. So let's just say that I order some solid carbide end mills from you. Mm-hmm. I really need them tomorrow. Yeah. Because the machinist in the shop waited to the last minute and uh, he came to me at 4.45 p.m. and said, oh, I'm out of end mills and that job that he's running has got to be out next week. Mm-hmm. And I call you on your cell phone on your on your way home and I say, Jason, I need, I need five end mills tomorrow morning we're going to UPS read them in next day air early AM because I got to keep this machine running to make the delivery. And you say, Jim, you're my friend. I can do this for you. No problem. And 9.30 AM comes around the next day and I don't have those on mills. So, so there's a scenario. So we, you, you can feel that scenario, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you probably feel like crap. Because somebody dropped the ball at Zingers. Right. And I feel like crap because you're my friend and I entrusted you in that responsibility to get me those end mills. Yeah. So okay. So so how do we how do we break that apart and so fortunately, this is a um, this is a, a fictitious yes, story. Yes, it's, it's, it's never happened. That, that kind of thing doesn't happen. I'm just trying to make it, um, and it, so it would just like presuppose that we make mistakes, which right. we don't. Okay. So. <laughs> no, but in, in all reality, I think that. Um, 
that I mean that is a legitimate scenario, or, or or could even be a um, manufacturing company where you're making, um, you know, you're machining, you know, these hundred parts for a customer. Maybe not you, just anybody, and you're not meeting the deadlines. You know what I mean? That's a that's a valid oh, scenario. It happens mean, every, every day. day. Every day you're you're up against the wall as far as meeting your your customers' it's expectations. One of our biggest problems, exactly. Um, so. To me, I think that the very first component, I think the very first component in business and, you know, in, in especially in doing business with friends is honesty, you know, is, is just you need to be honest. And I know that like, especially people in my line of business, there's, there's not always a lot of honesty going on, but that is absolutely part of our values as a company is that we need to make sure that we're always doing the right thing. It's and painful to tell them the honest it's truth. It's very painful when you, yeah. when you have to go to somebody and you might say, you know what? We dropped the ball here, um, and and it didn't get done like you expected. But I definitely don't want to um, go to you and like you know make up some excuse or tell a lie, and you know because th- how could we be friends? You know what I mean? How could I look you in the face and say we're friends when you know I'm I'm telling you a story? So I think honesty is the first part of that. Good. So okay. you always have to be honest. You have to do the right thing, and I, and I think that the second part of that is that you um you need to be you need to be real about you know your capability as a as a company too. So I can't go to you and say I can handle this type of business when it's not something that I can do. You know. So in the case of like a machining business, oh, so don't over don't don't, don't go beyond don't what oversell your capacities yourself. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because you're probably going to fall and you're going to be put yeah. in a vulnerable situation. Exactly. Where you you're don't want to have to climb out of it. You're going to yeah. have to climb out of a uh, a barrel. Yeah, you don't. You know? Yeah, yeah. You do, you don't. I mean, it's one thing to be pushed, but it's another thing for you to be you know in a situation that you can't handle that, knowing going into it that you couldn't handle it. So what you're saying is. By all means, you're a big proponent of doing business with friends. I am, yeah. Because what that will do is if you're successful at it, it's going to empower the both of you to have a more, well, it's going to, it's, it's going to definitely going to uh, elevate the friendship mm-hmm. and it's definitely going to elevate the business side of doing business because that friend is entrusting you and can count yeah. on you to deliver yeah. But you know, what's what's the old analogy or the old adage that we always hear don't do business and friends? What why do why do you think that ever came about? What what, you know, I I honestly I don't know um where that came about. I, w- I wish I I wish I did. Maybe maybe Ryan can look up some counterpoints on, you know, why not to do business with friends, but um I, I think if you start off by being honest and doing the right thing and then also understanding who you are as a company and the fact that you can meet that friend's expectations as a customer, that's a good starting point. So then I would say that the next part of that would be um, make sure that you have a team in place that can handle the day-to-day business with whoever this company is. So like in the case of you and I, I mean, you you kind of threw a story together, which you know was kind of a fictitious story. But you wouldn't actually call me and and say, you know, I need to order these end mills. You could, and I would take care of it for you. Right. But as a general practice, you know, I'm not that person that you're calling, and and it actually might be you know your son Ryan that's making that phone call. We're we're not actually you know handling that day-to-day no, business with each other because I think that kind of thing could wear down a friendship. Yes. You know what I mean? So okay. like if I'm so constantly the delegate. person, it's got to be delegated. Yeah. So that you and I can handle like that, those like higher end tasks. Like, you know, how do we 
work with car in order to lower your cost of manufacturing. So here's a, here's a perfect scenario. We had one of um, my very dear friends and also a very good customer of ours was a past guest on the show, um, Eric and Heidi Schmid. And, and they, um, I don't do any like, I'm not, I'm not talking to Eric about, you know, what's going on in the plant. I have a team in place that does a... You're not talking to Eric about what... what the day-to-day no. operations of what we're doing... Um, at Zangers? At, no, the day-to-day operations of what my team is doing for his company. Okay. At, 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 at his, his company. company. On site. Yeah, on site. Okay. Um, because he has a team in place. I have a team in place. And they're both working with each other. But he trusts me in order to make sure that I'm making sure that those things are getting done properly, that I'm, you know, my team is doing a great job and they're saving him money and they're lowering his cost of doing business. But it's not like Eric and I have to talk about that all the time. You know what I mean? Because our friendship is more important and of course, um, of course. Um, that's what we want to be, you know, more concerned with. I mean, of course we do talk about business and um, we share ideas and, you know, sometimes I'll check in with him on stuff, but in general, we're not talking about the day-to-day things that are going on on the, on the plant floor because I've got a extremely um, competent and uh, team that's the best of the best and they're handling things. And I know that they're doing a great job. So, and, and so does he. And he's got a great team that is, you know, working with my team. And um, and I think that it works really well in that case. So all of the these experiences that you've had with friends in doing business have been successful. You've not. Is there any that have not been successful that you would like to share and admit to? I, I haven't thought of one yet. Okay. I haven't thought of one yet. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of things where we might take care of like the high end things. Like so, like in the case of you and I, I mean, you and I are going to discuss, you know, like a vending system for um, for your company. And I had those discussions with Eric and, you know, some other friends. So those kind of high-end conversations get taken care of at the friend level. But then once they get taken care of, you know, they need to get delegated to other people so that right. we don't have to constantly be having we those started kind of conversations. Off. Yeah. We hit it off and we then it's off. delegated down. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like if there's an issue that needs to be worked out, we need to be able to push our team. So like in your case, you know, Ryan comes to you and he said, you know, I need to do this, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you would say, okay, Ryan, you need to call Lisa at Jason's company in order to get that straightened out because I'm not going to have that conversation with, with Jason. That's for you two to handle because right. it would, it's their role to handle that anyway. Right. And well, okay. I'm, so wait, okay. Now you just said something that, that, that could happen. What if Lisa dropped the ball on something and Ryan and Lisa are doing business? So we're higher level. We're doing business for friends. We're doing all this. We're going yeah. having beers together and mucking it up. But down down below, because we've delegated those responsibilities to those two, what if, and I'm not saying that this is Yeah, going why are you always telling me I'm no, the one no, making mistakes? I know. Well, <laughs> then, then turn it around. But anyway, just this, the, the, my head's thinking that way. So what if we sure. delegated these responsibilities down to Lisa and Ryan? What if Lisa dropped the ball for Ryan and they're not communicating it up to us to say that maybe there's a problem going on down below that we don't know about that's impacting that vendor customer sure. relationship. So I think I think it's then our um, and I'm not saying that there is. I'm just right. I'm just trying to create. Yeah, some you're just creating there. fictitious. Yeah, I understand. Um, so w- what I think is then it's our role um, to get those parties together 
and um, have a discussion in order to resolve it. It, it. It's something that I've talked to my team about this. It's what I call, a, um, and, it, and there's a book, and I call it this because not because I made it up, but there's a book um, written by the title, um, have a fierce conversation about that, okay, in order to work that out. And it's our role to push them and get them to resolve those um, issues through this fierce conversation. And cool. they just need to work it out. Everything, I mean, in my book, everything is workable. Yeah. And if there's not a scenario where... The only thing is you hope is that they bring it up to upper management, back to us, and say that there is a problem so it can be mitigated before it gets too too deep. Absolutely. And Ryan yep. says, I don't want to do business with them anymore because of this reason sure. and you know yeah so they yeah th that's why there needs to be like that tr kind of that trust and not only between the companies but also trust within your own in company. your own yep. yeah well, that's so your part you, of you have culture. that vertical trust yep. and that horizontal, horizontal trust yeah so that you can um make sure that those things get brought to life Good. and you know that has to do with having you know a culture of honesty i mean i've been in okay so i've been in situation where um the company that i did business with didn't have a culture of honesty and um you know, it wasn't a healthy, um, it wasn't a healthy situation and it did make it difficult to do, to do business. It makes it difficult to do business in, in that kind of a scenario. Are they still so. your customer? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, there's things that need to get worked well, out. Everyone, and, everyone, you know, I does business in different. Well, I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say a culture just because you don't have honesty as a pointed value in your company doesn't mean that you don't have honest people working there. Right, of course. Um, it just means it's not a core value, simply. And there could be people there that are not honest. It doesn't mean that everybody there is not honest, and you just need to be able to work things out and to push forward through that. Got it. And, and you know, it might become a situation where you don't do business because, you know, of some reason or not. So... Before we end this podcast, let's circle back and let's talk about a few bullets about doing business with friends. Because if if there's somebody out there that wants to start doing business with a friend and they're 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 getting a roadblock and they're thinking, yeah. oh, my dad always said never do business with friends because it's going to destroy a friendship. What how, what what can we tell them to help that along? Because you've had great success with nurturing friendships into customers and by all and means. And vice versa. Right. Nurturing customers into friendships. Yes, it's absolutely. So um, I think it's really a powerful and impactful thing uh, that we need to convey to the metalworking nation to say, hey, it's not what our parents used to say. It's not don't do business with friends. It is do business with friends because yeah. it can really grow into a very powerful thing um, not only, you know, monetarily, but emotionally through the and the resources, the networking, the 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 sharing and just being authentic with each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think ultimately when you have that friendship relationship, it just allows you to have an easier conversation about, you know, what you're doing well and what you're doing wrong and maybe the reason that you're not doing business with that person or, you know, the reason you are. And, and, and I just I just think it's a vital part of, of business and relationships. And, you know, it helps you to I think that the the you know, the biggest reason for so I talked to, I talked about like a couple of the points which were 
what you need to maintain in order to do business with with friends. And I would say if we were to talk about the why behind why you should do business with friends is probably the most impactful thing. And I think that it's it's one word and that word is empathy. empathy so yes, when I when yep. I do business with you, I want you to be successful. When I do business with um, Eric, just because we used him as as an example before, I want him to be successful. I want to see Eric's business thrive. I want to yep. see your business thrive. And that happens because we're friends and I want to see you successful. So I empathize with you as a business and owner our struggles. And, and your struggles. And, and I empathize with Eric as a, as a business owner and how he's leading his company. And, and I even have relationships with, you know, people in, you know, in that maybe aren't part of the ownership. And I also empathize with them and the positions that they're in and what they're up against. Um, so I think that that's the biggest why um, for wanting to do business as friends is that because you want, you want, once again, this goes back to elevating your community. Mm -hmm. So you want to elevate those people and you want them to do better. Yeah. Well, I think the old adage is because they didn't communicate years ago and it just fell apart. They hit everything. They hit everything. Yeah. 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 It's unfortunate. There was no transparency. It's a, it's a no new day now. Yeah. There was it no is. transparency. Yeah. So, um, oh, that, that was a good, that was a good episode, Jason. Thanks yeah, for bringing absolutely. this one up. This was, this one was Jason's idea. Yeah. And, and speaking of, um, transparency and I, and I've talked about this very briefly on the podcast before, but like in some of the situations that we have, especially like with friends or people that are, you know, a little bit closer to you in, in other, you know, circles, I even have situations where I, I, I actually sell product at cost and and they know exactly what my service fee is on top of that and how much revenue that the company is making exactly down to the penny. Craig Zobaris and, talked about this right. a little bit in, in his business model as well because he does a very similar thing. Right. Well, everyone's business model is a little different. Absolutely. Everybody's different as right. far as that goes. Some people can do it and some people can't. Yeah. I don't, but, I don't necessarily know if it's a business model that and, and technique that I could probably Maybe implement. not for you. But um, I'm, I, I have to tell you, I've thought about it and ways to implement it. I just don't know if I can, you know, get the structure down. Maybe a friend is the best place to start if you ever wanted to do something like that. There you go. There you go. Wow. I, I didn't think this one was going to be as impactful as it is, but it, it really is turning out. And, you know, like Jason and I always say, you know, we're here to bring this kind of stuff that you wouldn't normally hear about or talk about on a day to day. We hope we've given you a little nugget of information that you wouldn't normally have thought about. And uh, we've equipped you to move forward and do business with a friend. Yeah. Who knows? You, you know, empathy, it, it, elev elevate yourselves, elevate each other and, you know, make each other better. You bet. You bet. Um, just a couple other things that I want to say, um, uh, the metalworking nation can go to, um, the website, makingchips.com and, and listen to us there or else any of the, uh, devices, either iPhone, iPad. If you, if you're on, um, iTunes though, and you feel like you have a couple extra minutes, if you would just put a quick sentence together under the iTunes reviews, say what you like or don't like about listening to Making Chips. Uh, we'd love to hear that kind of feedback. Or if you'd like to just make it a more personal feedback story, that if we've helped you or inspired you, uh, Jim at Making Chips, Jason at Making Chips, Ryan at Making Chips. And in addition to that, all the uh, social platforms, Facebook, and we're on YouTube, SoundCloud, Check them out. See if if that uh, media platform is a little different for you, and you you like listening to us there. Um, 
One other thing, too, is I'm really thrilled to share with the community of people out there that Kathy Gilmore from Valley Industrial out in um, the Aurora, Illinois area, pledged $100 to Ryan's Patreon account at makingchips.com forward slash Ryan. Um, You know, I I always say and I always joke that Jason's cheap and he doesn't want to buy Ryan a new uh, laptop. But at the end of the day, Ryan really does because um, he he is doing all this high-quality production and editing of what you hear on a weekly basis and, you know, video editing. And, you know, we're excited to, sh- to say that we're going to be moving into our own studio and there's going to be video production in the very near future. So he really does need a new uh, laptop. I think he said his one that he's using is from 2009. So... Um, Again, thank you so much to Kathy Gilmore at Valley Industrial for donating $100 to Ryan's Patreon account for that brand new laptop. We genuinely appreciate your support and anybody else that would like to um, pledge a a minimal dollar amount is all we're looking for. Anyway, to conclude on all that, uh, Jason, what my dad always used to say is if you ain't making ships, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. That's all I got. Bam. Jason. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you didn't say it. Bam. Try that again. With that. With that. If you're not making ships. Bam. Bam. Is that what you said? <laughs> we totally screwed that all up. Okay. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> no. You always say with that. Bam. And then, we, and then we say it. So go ahead. Yeah, I would edit that out.